Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know how to navigate the ever-changing marketing jungle. Today, I'm going to be joined by Michelle Gifford, and we're going to explore Instagram lead generation strategy. By the way, if you want to reach me, I'm at Stelzner on Facebook and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show in your favorite podcasting app so you do not miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Michelle Gifford. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Michelle Gifford. If you don't know who Michelle is, she is host of the Social Strategist podcast. She's also founder of the Michelle Gifford Creative Agency, an agency designed to help female influencers, creatives, businesses increase their following and grow their revenue with content marketing. Her membership is called Insta Social Society, and her course is called Grow the Gram. Michelle, welcome to the show today. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm always ready to talk about social media, so this is good. I'm super excited to have you today. Michelle and I are going to explore Instagram lead generation and all that fun stuff. But before we go there, Michelle, I would love to hear a little bit of your backstory. How'd you get into marketing? Start wherever you want to start. Sure. So I'll start a little bit further back. I went to school in public relations, and that was like 20 years ago. And I remember sitting down and thinking, they were like, this is how you build a website. You know, that was that far back. Um, but I, after after I was in public relations, I worked in it for a while. And then I started my own business. And for the last 17 years, I've had my own business from selling on Etsy to being a photographer. And really, when I was a photographer, I became really obsessed <laughs> with growing my business online and using like SEO and Pinterest and social media to grow. And so I started teaching photographers how to do that. And then that kind of led me to teaching women how to grow their business online because I saw women, it felt like they each had something like really special that they were good at, whether that's Instagram, whether that's like YouTubing or whatever. But the back end of their business, they didn't really want to even talk about the other stuff, building an email list or or expanding the channels. And so I started teaching women how to do that because I had been doing it with my other businesses. And then I realized that people wanted it done for them. So I would teach and then I'd also do it for them. And with Instagram and social media specifically, like over the last 15 years, right, that's really when it's come into play. And with the algorithm changing and it being more of like a strategy, these people who had built their businesses on the old Instagram or the old Facebook or whatever, had to change their strategy. 
I've really focused on helping people and especially women build beyond what they really thought they started out building. And now we really get to focus on Instagram and helping these businesses get bigger, faster. I've got a couple of questions about your story. So you were a photographer. What kind of photographer? Let's start there. Sure. I was a high school senior photographer. Oh, like those portraits that go in the back of the... No, no, not in the back of the yearbook. No, I did photography for like, if your parents really wanted good pictures, not just like the cap and gown pictures, but yes. senior portraits yeah, yes, yeah, 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 that yeah. you hang on the wall. You have, so I did that. And actually what I found after working with all of these high school seniors, because I loved it, is I, I realized that these girls, they were amazing and they were beautiful and they didn't see their real beauty in themselves. Like I would talk to them and, you know, they were always judging themselves or whatever. And so I started a photography nonprofit called Beauty Revived. And it became something where I would get photographers from all over the world to donate a session to someone in their community with a story worth telling. And that grew really quickly. And from that nonprofit is really when I started like meeting new photographers and being able to teach them. And it became a really beautiful thing, right? That you're able to use your business and your talent to help other people. So somewhere along the line, it sounds like you transitioned out of doing photography for young people and you moved into starting uh, your own agency and then ultimately your own podcast. Tell us a little bit about that story. So I was seeing girls online, women online who are building a business and I would ask them, I was like, oh my gosh, look how much you're growing. And they would say, I don't even know how this happened. I built this on accident. Like, I guess I have a business. I mean, it feels like I'm making money, but I don't really... <laughs> But how did this happen? So it really got me really passionate about helping these women like figure out like, okay, yes, maybe you're just really good at Instagram. And now you've got to figure out this back end stuff so that we can make a sustainable business. Because if you are only doing one part of business and you're not expanding it, then you're going to get burnt out because you're doing it all alone. And you're also pretty self-conscious, right? You're like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I mean, I'm doing okay because I'm making money. And, and I think that that phenomenon came on with like social media, right? Like we weren't, we weren't really prepared for the opportunities that social media was going to bring. And so you had these people who would get on and be really successful and then not know how to sustain that. And so I would have people were, reach out to me. I was teaching all the time and they'd reach out and they said, I don't want to do this by myself. And I don't want to learn it anymore. I've already learned the things I want to learn. And I just want to hand it off so I can do the stuff that I love. And so that's how my agency started. And at the beginning, it was just me and an assistant. <laughs> and then, and now we've grown to over 25 experts, women who we do anything from SEO, building your brand and your website to launching products, to social media, YouTubing, all the content management that the people need right now, because content is king, right? We need more content. It's how we reach our people and really build that community and connection. And so it's just been such a joy, right? Like I love this. I love it because we have these amazing tools now and we just get to learn how to use them. Well, and the podcast, Social Strategist, right? I love strategy. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing podcasting for the last like five years. With social strategy, I think People think that social media is just like, you know what, you just like dance around, right? Like if you do the right dance, then you're going to get the views and then it builds your business or whatever. And I'm really into the strategy because that's something that can be duplicated. 
you know, it's not just like a, a flash in the pan. It's not just luck. It's like, how do we build a strategy that actually builds our business long term? And social media is one of the best way to do it. It's it's free. It takes time, right? But it's free. And we get to also use it to connect with our audience in a way that no other platform allows us to do. Outstanding. Well, we're here to talk about Instagram strategy today, specifically lead generation with Instagram. So there are plenty of marketers right now who, when they think of lead generation, they think of maybe Facebook or they think of LinkedIn, but they don't think of necessarily Instagram. So what do you want to say to marketers? Why should they use Instagram to generate leads? Well, it is, again, it's one of the best platforms. I'll just tell you, I think it's the best. And the reason is, is like AI is coming, right? It's here, people are using it. And with how much AI is coming, community, connection, creativity, all of the value, like the value of those three things are going to go up, right? Because people don't want to buy stuff from robots. They actually like real people. And it's going to be even more important. Like I was just talking to one of my friends who's really big in affiliate marketing. And she said that a company came to her and was like, hey, you can either have this set fee of like $10,000 and we'll pay you to talk about our product or you can just get a higher affiliate commission. And she chose a higher affiliate commission way, way more than she would have with a set fee. And the company said, why aren't more people doing this? And she said, this is the future of marketing because people don't watch commercials anymore right? We skip through them. My kids don't even know that what it is, right? They were so shocked when we looked at regular TV and there were commercials. And with Instagram and lead gen, like it's not interruption marketing anymore, right? It's actually marketing that we are choosing. We see people, we follow people that we like, we get a, we get a relationship with them. And then they pitch their product in a way that's really natural and easy for us to say yes to. And with Instagram changing with the algorithm, it's now more powerful than it ever has been as a search tool and a search algorithm. It is actively putting our content, if we do it the right way, in front of potential followers, people who the algorithm thinks will like our content. So if we do it right, if we understand the algorithm, then it's working for us. And it's like going out, we're not paying it, we're just feeding it contests, and it's going out and finding our audience. And that costs a lot less than ads, right? And, and I just heard someone say like, ads are just going to go up, right? The price of ads are going to go up the more targeted we get. And with content, if you build that community, and if you invest in it, then you have such a higher chance of having a long-term relationship with your customer. And that's what we're here for. So when I think of leads on Instagram, I'm thinking about like email addresses, right? Or some sort of contact information that I'm collecting. So I think what I'm hearing you say indirectly is that if you use Instagram, the way that we're going to talk about today, you can potentially grow your prospect list and all these other kinds of things. Is that what I'm indirectly hearing you say? I know you didn't actually come out and say that, but is that what's possible? Yes. I will directly say, yes, Instagram can definitely grow your leads. If you're doing it right, it's not just putting out content to entertain people, but it's putting out content that leads them down your customer journey path, right? We should all have this customer journey that we have in our minds already, right? Of how someone goes, but rarely people look at Instagram as a part of the customer journey but it could be one of our best acquisition moments because there is an algorithm actively looking for people who want your content. 
And so if you set up your content strategy correctly, then yes, it is building those leads and it's forming a deeper connection with you. Perfect. Okay, let's get into the first part of your strategy when it comes to Instagram. Where do we need to start? What do we need to be thinking about first? Well, I kind of already said a little bit, but we have to stop fighting the algorithm. Okay, when people, I just was at a big conference speaking and when I would talk to people and they would say, hey, what are you speaking on? And I'd say Instagram and they all looked like, they're going to throw up. They didn't (laughs) like, they just knew they were doing it wrong and they feel like the Instagram algorithm is out to get them. And I get it. Instagram has completely changed over the last five years, even the last two years. So we have to change with it. And it's actually a good thing. So how the algorithm works is it's paying attention to what kind of content our consumers consume and how they interact with that. And it's also paying attention to you as the creator and what kind of content you create. And so if you do it right, and you're creating that content the right way, then Instagram understands you. It understands what content you create on a regular basis. And then it can match you up with the people who are actively looking for your content. So how do we do that? We do that with really niching down. A year and a half ago, I was teaching all the things on Instagram. (laughs) I was teaching all the business things. I was teaching like email marketing and Pinterest and Instagram because that's what my agency does. And then I decided in about October of 2022, I was like, I'm going to niche down to Instagram and we're going to teach Instagram. I'm going to go all in this with Instagram. And that's going to be the lens I teach everything. And I went from 18,000 followers to now I'm at over 180,000 followers in just a year. And it's because I niched down and now Instagram understands me, right? It understands me as a creator, what I create, And then it can accurately put my content in front of the right people. Okay. So that's kind of important because so many people, including me, but not necessarily my company, but me personally, create stuff that we're personally interested in creating on Instagram. But it may be that just because I'm interested in it doesn't mean the algorithm knows who the heck to show it to, right? So I think what I'm hearing you say is like, pick a lane yeah, and stay in the lane. Is that really what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. So the great thing about Instagram is that there are different places on Instagram to do different things. So we have our feed content. Now, our feed content should really focus on people who may not follow us because it's becoming more TikTok style a little bit. So TikTok over on TikTok, when you post, it's mostly people who don't follow you who see your content. Now, Instagram's not all the way that way. You know, Instagram is, but with the feed, it is pushing out your content to people who don't follow you. And so the feed, so that means your reels, your carousel posts are single images. That's where your feed is. That content should be focused on your niche. It should be focused on people who might not follow me, but that I want to follow me. And then you have your stories. Now, I'm going to go out and say, this might be bold, but stories, Instagram stories is one of the most powerful places across any social media platform. No other social media platform has been able to like replicate the power of stories on Instagram. And on on the stories, you can talk about whatever you want. You can talk about your kids. You can talk about your dog. Of course, I do recommend a story strategy, but, but it can be different content. So if you're like, hey, I just want to post whatever I want, I would recommend post to your feed, really niche down so that you can set yourself up as the expert whether that's your business is the expert or you're the expert and then show your personal side in your stories. And that's a a deeper way for you to connect. I like that. 
Okay. So the first part of the strategy is really to wrap your head around how the algorithm works. And what you've just shared with us is really important that the content that you're publishing in reels and carousels and all the other stuff that shows up in the, in the feed, that's the stuff that is probably going to be seen by people who do not follow you, but the stories are going to be seen for sure by the people that follow you. And obviously because they disappear, you have a little more flexibility, right? To publish whatever you want there. Although ideally you should be strategic. That's really what I'm hearing you say. Is that correct? Yes. And there are different algorithms for the different parts of the platform. Right. So you'll hear people say post reels because you can go viral more. And Reels are awesome because they have its own algorithm that is actively putting it out in front of more people. And Stories is only seen by your, your people that follow you. And so that algorithm is completely different. So just understanding that and understanding that there are places for different things helps you build that strategy. Okay, so presumably as part of the strategy, we are consistently creating content, right? That's probably a transition into my next question, which is what's the next part of the strategy? I've kind of given it away a little bit, but like, let's talk about that. <laughs> you know, what is the next part once we've understood like how to use these various different sections and how to really embrace the algorithm? Yes. So creating this strategy is the thing that helped me grow. Yes, I niched down, but understanding and understanding this element really was the secret. And it's that we should be creating content on Instagram for different parts of our content funnel. So content funnel, that's not new to all of you, right? Like you hear about funnels all the time and how we should be creating them. But rarely are we applying the content funnel to our Instagram content. And so let's talk about the three phases. So we have attract content, nurture content, and selling content because we want to create content that is attracting people in. We also want to create content that's nurturing those people. And we also want to sell them because we want them to buy our products. And if you focus too much on one of these, then you don't have a cohesive strategy. So when people come to me and they're like, hey, I'm actually not growing at all. Then I usually go and see and they are creating all nurture content. And we'll go into like the different, like what does nurture content mean? But then I have people who are like, I don't have a loyal following, but I have a lot of followers or I'm getting new followers. You're probably only creating attraction content. And you have to have that healthy um, balance of all of them so that you can take people down the funnel, right? Of like finding you, trusting you, and then buying from you. So let's dive into like, what is attraction content? Not good? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. When I think about attraction content, I think about everyone has a niche. And I just told you to be really in this sense, right? Be your niche. <laughs> and then I like to think attraction. How can I broaden my niche just a little bit so that I can appeal to a little bit broader of an audience, but still connected to my niche? And so I think about what are some of the things that people on the edges of my niche are consuming that that I could start incorporating because that's going to just have a broader appeal, right? So some of those are like the trending reels, right? Some trending audios or trending reels, things that are controversial, things that are entertaining, lists, quick how-tos, some before and afters. Those are some examples. And if we start using like attraction content like this, then we start reaching more people. I had one of my clients, she just had a reel that got 5.9 million views and I think got like 80,000 followers from it. And that's insane. If you don't know, that's insane. So, but when I, but when we looked at it, 
we were dissecting like, why did this work? And it was such a good attraction one because it was bringing the exact right type of follower because she was niched down in her content. It also called out very, very specific problems that her audience had and would relate to. Do you know exactly what it was? Do you, are you willing to share the problem that she was talking about? Yeah. So the, my client is happy, happy house plants. Okay. And so she is a pretty big houseplant influencer. And the problems were that like she she just did an introduction reel. Like you are in the right place if you have like more than like 10 plants and half of them are dying or something like that. Right. Where it was like very much like you relate with it. And people are like, oh, my gosh, that's so me. And that reel went bananas. And of course, there was like a lot of stuff that led up to it that made it like so people wanted to follow with the nurture content. But it's if you the attraction content is best when you can relate to a specific problem. I always think would would someone share this with their sister or would someone share this with your business friend? Is this a piece of content that someone would share or save? And if or watch again, because Instagram's paying attention to watch time and it's paying attention to like how many is this viewing how compared to how many people are like commenting and and scrolling on by. So that's attraction content. How do you feel? I want to ask some clarifying questions. Thank you for asking me. Okay. You said that with the attraction content, we want to broaden our niche just a little bit, right? So yeah. let's take the example of the houseplant person, right? So let's say your client, happy, happy houseplant is targeting anybody who has, you know, 10 or more plants inside their house and half of them are dying, right? How is that expanding just a little, right? Like help me understand the connection between that and like expanding. I could hypothesize, but I'd rather have you just kind of explain what, what that means. So so a lot of times what people do as businesses is they just are like, I'm just going to just download you with so much information so that you get educated really quickly. Right. And so that would be more nurture content. And she has plenty of nurture content, but right, like how to water or like the best type of sun for each plant or whatever. And that is nurture content. And it's great. But this attraction content, I guess the key value in that reel is that I connected with you and I saw you. So it agitates the problem then is really what I'm hearing you say, right? Because like in the world of marketing and copywriting, and I happen to be a copywriter, a lot of times you want to talk about the struggle, right? So I would imagine if I was creating this to attract people I might really like show a graveyard full of dead pots. You know what I mean? And my <laughs> empty pots in the garage, right? The pots of graveyard, right? And woe is me music and like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't seem to keep a plant alive, right? If that's you, well then follow us. Is that kind of really what I'm hearing you? It's talking about the problem, not the solution, right? Yeah. She just did a reel where she like took a plant that was dead and there's a video of her like hucking it over the fence because she's like, <laughs> sometimes you just got to throw your plant away. Okay. Like, let's just get a new one. <laughs> so attraction meals are less about like, Hey, we're going to just stuff some education down your throat. And it's more like the connecting piece because then you're building a community, right? Because then the, your audience feels seen and they're like, Oh, I'm not the only one that kills plants here. Got it. Okay, cool. I found my place. So I would love to explore a couple other examples of attraction, whether they be with a real client or stuff you've done or hypothetical, just so people can wrap their heads around it, right? Do you have another example? Sure. Let's talk about my content. Is that okay? Yeah. So what is one thing, if anyone's growing on Instagram, what is one thing that they were looking for? And it would be like, they want to know what is the next audio to use, right? Okay. If I build an account about only sharing trending audio, then I can't sell anything actually, because I don't actually have authority. I'm just good at picking music. 
But some of my attraction pieces of content are like, hey, here's this trending audio and here are five ways to use it. And that makes it very easy for them to save it and act on it and use that audio and share it with a friend who is looking for content ideas. So that's an easy one for me. Again, if that's all I did, it wouldn't be a complete content strategy, but it does attract new people in. And that's what attraction content's for. So is it really meant to be something that's shareable? Is that kind of the idea? Or is it meant to be something that has kind of an emotional response with people? I'm just curious. I think both are awesome, right? But I really do always think like, would someone save or share this? Got it. Okay. Because even with the plant example, the, the people in her audience have a plant friend, you know, that they would share it with and be like, oh my gosh, I feel so seen. And an Instagram came out and said, like, most of the interactions that are happening on Instagram, like, people are spending the most time in DMs. And it's this, like, if we think about how our friends and family actually use Instagram, it's sharing funny memes and funny videos or helpful videos. If that's how people are using Instagram, let's use how people are using Instagram to grow our Instagram. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's talk about nurture and nurturing content and also selling content, and I think things will become more clear, obviously. Yeah, perfect. So nurture is just super valuable. So how do you show that you're the expert? So mine are like maybe doing lives or carousel posts. And you have to look at carousel posts as like mini blog posts almost. And this is also great to put SEO words in because Instagram is now a search platform. So carousel posts, value-driven, and maybe even like reoccurring themes. So maybe you're like every week that you do this one thing where you're really teaching a lot. Those are all nurture. And it really sets you up as the expert in your industry, whether that's like your brand is the expert, right? Or you are personally, if you're doing a personal brand. Okay. So clarifying question. I noticed that with the attract uh, content, it's reels, right? And it makes sense that it's reels because obviously Instagram shows that out to people that do not follow you, right? The nurture content in this case wasn't reels. It was more live video, which can turn into a reel, right? When it's done or carousel posts. So is it less about the, the medium and more about the substance of the post? Or is it also the substance plus the medium? Reels have a greater chance of getting shown to more people because the algorithm is different. That does not mean that you can't have a carousel post and get thousands of followers. So I have carousel posts that because they're so valuable and people are saving them and sharing them, that I have gained two or 3,000 followers on one carousel post. 
Reels are a little bit trickier right now. You're not able to see how many people are following you from a reel. Instagram's not giving us that analytics. I actually have seen it on some of my clients, but not everyone has that analytics. So it's, it is less about the substance, but carousels are a little bit more conducive to like, right, this long form content. And those carousels get pushed into, if they're done right and people are saving and sharing them, they get onto the explore page. And on the explore page, you have probably like 10 carousel posts or single images and then two reels to choose from. And so you can get exposure that way too. Got it. So, so far, what I'm hearing you say is the nurture content really is about sharing your insights and wisdom in a deeper way that will convince someone that you are an expert, right? Where the attract content is designed to capture somebody, maybe because it's entertaining or maybe because there's an emotional connection so that they'll follow you and see your nurture content. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. And if you think about the path to people following you, is that they get their content in your feed, right? Either it was just put in there because it's real or they went to the explore page and they look at that piece of content, they like it, and then they go to our bio and they're like, who is this person? And then they go to our content and say, does this content back up who that person says? And if so, and that person serves me, then I'm going to follow them. It's great to have all these types of content so that people have a reason to actually follow. Perfect. So tell us about selling content. So selling content is, well, it settles. And I put most of my selling content in stories or I use reels or carousels to get people onto my email list. And so the type of selling product is like just products, features, before and afters, your product in use, all of these things. It's easier to sell in stories just because you can, you have a little bit long, long form and your most devoted people are there. That doesn't mean it should be exclusively stories, but for the most part, I keep a lot of my selling in, in my stories, unless I'm using carousel or reels to get people on my email list. So yeah, give us some examples of how that kind of content is very different than the other types of content you're creating. So this is like just laying out that you're selling something, right? I think it's very, very like, hey, I have this product and now's the time to buy. You can also do like user generated content, UGC. So you can share other people. If someone's using, if you have like a physical product, right? You can share that. You can share what they are creating. You can also share your wins. So sometimes with like reels, I can mix a little bit of attraction and selling content by saying like, my client got this increase by doing these three things. So then I'm, it's attraction and selling at the same time. And it's building that authority. So these aren't like hard and fast that they can all kind of touch, but it's really important that as you're building your strategy that you're thinking like, how can I incorporate all of these in my strategy and not just one? Let's take an example of your happy, happy houseplant example. And let's just walk through all three of these, whether they've done this or not. We already talked about how the first thing was the attraction side of it, right? And she created some sort of content that essentially showed her hucking a dead plant over the fence and saying, sometimes you just got to get rid of it. Right. Yeah. So now like what would be an example of how she would use the next kind of content, the, the nurture content. And then let's give an example of how it might work from the selling side of things. All right. So I have right now, I'm just looking at her content and she has one and it's how often should I water? Okay. So she's taking a very, very specific question that people are asking and she is going to, and then the last slide she um, is asking for people to save or share. And sometimes on your last slide, you can ask for people to comment and leave that like comment a specific trigger word, which we'll talk in a minute, 
and you can send them to your product or your email list. That's nurture content you're talking about right now. Right? Nurture. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. But if you add that last slide of like, and do you want to take this next step and purchase the product or get on my email list? That's nurture turned into with a little bit of selling. So she has another one swipe to save this fiddle, which is like fiddly fig is a specific plant. And she went through her process of like actually saving. She had a dead one. She revived it. And she took you on that journey. So that would be a nurture piece of content as well. And then her whole business is about these plant drops that help you have their plant food. Okay. And so if you go to hers right now, it just says plant food science that feels like magic. And it's like a shop now view collection. So that's just the selling one. And it's important for people to be able to come to your Instagram and say, oh, how do I actually pay this person? So we don't want to say like, don't ever sell because we want you to make money. So on the selling side of things, is that in her like highlights reels or is that something that is, where is she posting that, you know, typically? Yeah. So she will post that on a regular basis. So we're helping her with her Instagram. And then we also, at the top of her, your Instagram feed, you can pin posts. I would recommend that if you have a selling post that you pin one to the top so that when someone comes, they can see exactly where to purchase. And then I also like to say, like, as you're scrolling through, will someone know how to take the next step with me? Like, what is that? Okay. That was super helpful. I'm glad that we went down that little rabbit trail. So we've talked about, this is the second part of your strategy that we've been spending all this time on, which is these three different kinds of content, attract, nurture, and sell. Yet there's another part of your strategy, right? So what is the next part of your strategy that we have yet to talk about? Perfect. So I hinted at it, but it's really developing that customer journey, right? Where do I want people to go after they find me on Instagram? And how can I do it in the easiest possible way? Because Instagram can't be the end point, right? And this is the part that I really love because there is a tool that helps that can help you do it. So I use ManyChat. You can use whatever you want, but it's just a DM or comment automation software. And setting that up with your Instagram is super helpful so that you can start creating content that makes it easy for people to get your links, whether that's a email list link or it's a product link delivered quickly. So I want to run through like what the actual like workflow is. Wait, real quick, before you get into the workflow, I just want to talk about the customer journey for a second. So when we're thinking about the customer journey, right, before we integrate Instagram DM automation and stuff like that, just what's a couple things we need to be thinking about? So we have to. Remember, Instagram is not the end, right? Right. So we don't just want to amass followers. We want Instagram to be a lead gen. So after they come to us, what's the next step? Do we have an email opt-in, a freebie, a training, a masterclass, a challenge that people can get on really quickly that will get them to know, like, and trust us? Okay, so we want to get them, we want to take them to the email or we want them to purchase our product, right? Instagram is just a, is supposed to lead people down our journey. I want you to think about is when you're doing this is like, okay, what's the logical next step for my people? Because like I have a bunch of different products people can buy, but what's the logical next step? So I think about that. What is there something that I can get them on my email list and then they can get to my next product? And that's what I think about. You can sell all your products on Instagram, but if you want to start, I would keep it very simple and choose like, hey, where what is the simplest next step for my audience? How do you come to the conclusion of what the next step is? I would imagine because you've had lots of clients, some of them don't even have some of these things, right? They don't necessarily have like, like in my case, we have a free report. Maybe someone's got a PDF resource guide or whatever. I mean, but maybe they don't, right? So 
Um, maybe they just sell products and they don't even think about the journey at all, right? So any thoughts on like how to create those in-between points before you actually get to the point where you start doing automation? Yeah, so the in-between points is really knowing your audience so well that you know how they talk, how they think, and how they feel about the problem. Because if I know that I want to teach you Instagram strategy, right? You show up, I want to teach you Instagram strategy. But if I start that and I dive in and that's all I talk about, I'm going to lose 80% of my people because they're not quite there yet, right? But there is something that they are feeling right now with their in pain. So some of my opt-ins are like, I have a hooks guide opt-in where I just give you 131 free hooks to use and how to use them, right? That's easy because that is an immediate actionable need that they have right now. You know, we used to have these opt-ins that were like, take this 10-day masterclass or whatever. And those are great. But right now, people just want like immediate problems solved. So think about it. Like what, who is your person? What are they going through right now? And how could you make your make their day better right now? That would be an obvious yes, that they would like use it. Thank you. And just love you because you created it. Yeah. And I would imagine if you're already creating content and you don't have something like this, you could go back and look at some of your more popular content or the stuff that's had the most engagement, right? Maybe the most popular isn't necessarily ideal because maybe it just is a reel that blowed up, but maybe like there's a lot of engagement with your ideal audience with this content. And you could say to yourself, all right, what if I put together like a checklist or a simple guide, right? That's the kind of thing that somebody might want to opt into for free. Is that kind of where we're going with something like this? Yeah. If you're on Instagram and you're talking to your audience, they're probably asking you questions. Right. So like, what are you listening? Because that's the best part of Instagram is that you have immediate content feedback, right? People can respond to your stories and be like, you just said this, I don't get it. Or like, I really hate creating reels because I don't know how to create a real cover. Well, for me, creating a real cover is like two seconds. So why don't I like, you know, I could do real cover templates or something, right? But really paying attention to our audience. And if you don't know, go in places where your, your target people are, Facebook groups, go on Pinterest and search for terms and see what kind of stuff they're using. Go to answer the public and see what kind of content is being searched for. There's a lot of different ways. And our goal as marketers is really to be the person who understands our audience the best. Perfect. And so you got to get into it. Perfect. Right. You got to, you got to know what they want. Okay, go go on with where you were going to go. You were going to talk about some sort of an automation process or something like that. Automation, it's so fun. So automation, DM and comment automation is you get a software. Again, I use ManyChat, but it you set up keywords, trigger words that people can comment either on in your stories. They can DM you a word or they can comment on a post and then it automatically sends them a DM. And it also replies to the comment. Now, the great thing about this is it is working with Instagram and the algorithm, right? Because the algorithm wants there to be interaction and engagement on our, our content. And interaction engagement looks like a comment and then a reply to that comment. And with your automation, you can set up a bunch of different responses. So it's not just like cookie cutter all down the line. And so it loves that. So now you're getting reactions and engagement on your content. But what Instagram loves is when people get in your DMs because they have found that people who DM each other are connected and want to see each other's content. And so now we're working with the algorithm that's saying, oh, this person got a DM from Michelle and then they answered. They must be more connected. So I'm going to show that content. I'm going to show Michelle's content to them more often because they're in the DMs. So that's a beautiful thing is we're using it and it's automated. 
So you create pieces of content that are about your opt-in or product, whatever your goal is, right? Whether that's getting on an email list or it's purchasing your product. And you go into your software, you set up the trigger word, and then you set up a workflow. It's very easy. And then when someone create, writes that keyword, that trigger word in the comments, then it just triggers it and it goes. So it has doubled my email list. It has been one of the biggest things for my clients because we used to say link in bio. Don't say that anymore. Get automation. Because going to link in bio disrupts how people are using the app, right? People are scrolling. And if you make me stop scrolling, tap on your name, and then go to your bio, then click a link, that's too many touch points. <laughs> and so we're working with how people are using it as well. We're making it very easy because we're telling them what word to comment. And then they're getting it in their DMs and they can look when they're done scrolling. So what kind of posts are we collecting the automation with? Is this on the nurture side of things or is this on the selling side of things? I'm just curious. I use it as often as I can. So it depends. Like if I create a reel for my hooks guide, I could share like 11 hooks to use on your next reel, which could be a little bit nurture, a little bit attraction, right? Because people are going to want to use those and save those. And then if they comment hooks, I'll send them 131 hooks for free. And so I use this as often, I mean, as I can, because it makes sense too. I don't use it on all my posts because sometimes I just want real conversations to be happening too. But incorporating this into like definitely your selling posts, right? The ones where you're like, hey, do you want this? Let me just send you a link because people are already being sold to, like just get them to take that next step. And then I create content. I think the hooks guide is a good example because you can, you can either agitate the problem and say, oh, I have the answer for you. You just comment this and I'll send it to you. Or you give them a little taste of the solution and the rest of the solution is in this guide for you. So are you using this in stories and reels and carousels? I mean, everywhere? I am. <laughs> really? Okay. All right. And are the workflows complicated to set up or are they simple? Because I'm thinking to myself, like, are you delivering this through Instagram? Because maybe not everybody wants to watch or whatever, read on their phone or whatever. Or are you asking for an email address and then typically delivering the content over email? Yeah. So what I will do is like, if I want them on my email list is the trigger word hooks. Okay. Then it triggers a DM that has a link to my opt-in page to get hooks, my hooks guys. So they have to put in their email to get that delivered. And I just have it. Yeah. So that once they put their email in, then they get the guide. And the great thing is if you do start using with this with DMs, Instagram does not always love when you like have a link to click out of Instagram. And so this allows you to, with stories, you get an engagement. People are replying with a reply and then it goes to the DMs again, which is awesome. And then they get that link and you don't have to have like click this link and then send them off of Instagram. And the great thing about this is like, it really takes, I mean, you have to set up your account and connect to Meta and all that, you know, but once you're set up, it literally takes two minutes to do. Like it's super easy. So have your clients and you found a lot of like, I mean, like your, your inbox is exploding and you're getting lots of comments as a result of this. Yeah. So the inbox is like, uh, yeah, my DMs are bananas with many chat. You can also manage your DMs in there too. So you can do it like, you know, don't DM me if you want to like for sure response, right? Like just go ahead and email me. But yes, DMs are bananas, but that's not the worst thing, right? Right. Absolutely. 
Well, Michelle, thank you, first of all, so much for sharing your insights and strategy and answering all my litany of questions. If people want to discover more about you, first, what's your preferred social platform? I'm guessing it might be Instagram. If so, what is that Instagram uh, account? And then uh, if people want to connect with you off of the socials, where do you want to send them? Sure. So come follow me at I am Michelle Gifford on Instagram. Instagram is my favorite, but I'm everywhere from there. And I created a mini, mini chat masterclass. So if you want to go to imichellegifford.com slash SME, and I will give it to you. And this will just walk you through how to make that first workflow because it's really simple. And once you do it once, it's like two minutes and you've got it. So it's imichellegifford.com slash SME, right? Yep. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Thanks for having me. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 603. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Facebook, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. And do check out our other shows, the Marketing Agency Show and the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may your marketing keep evolving. Catch you next time. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.